Hey, welcome back to On The Level Leadership. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm Tammy. I'm a leadership and career coach, and I'm here to help you be the best leader that you can be so that you can grow in your career. And in the 25 plus years of my career, I can tell you that I have seen a distinct shift in how leaders lead in organizations. So today I'm going to share four concepts where I've seen some distinct shifts in how we lead. And I'm going to share that with you today because really at the end of the day, if we can continue to nurture some of these changes, we can really see positive impacts in our organizational culture. So the first major change is a shift from a very autocratic top-down approach to leadership to a more collaborative one. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, leadership was very much in charge. And um, when I actually started working as a as a teenager, you know, the boss was everything. And the staff very rarely had anything to say about how things were run either in the store or in the shop or in the organization that you were working for. And there was a lot of really praise and glorification of the leadership roles within organizations. Now, that's not to say that that doesn't happen today, but we have seen a bit of a shift in how organizations organize themselves and how they engage their staff. There is a push to be much more collaborative. And really, it's because in the research we've demonstrated over time that not only does collaboration increase engagement, increase performance, decrease turnover, things of that nature, but that more collaborative approach actually brings more great ideas to the table because you're actually bringing more brains into the equation. It's not just one person's good idea, but multiple people's good ideas that helps to sort of promote change or to increase or drive performance for an organization, for example. So that parent-child style of leadership from the 70s and 80s and maybe even into the early 90s is no longer really palatable. The issue is that a lot of old school leaders, and there are many of us still around who are in our 50s, 60s, and I would say even early 70s who are still leading organizations are very much those that were raised in that top-down sort of autocratic style of leadership and may have adopted some of that themselves and are finding themselves struggling in the current context of leadership. So being more collaborative with your team is most certainly the way to go. And I think something that as an old school leader, you may have to shift a little bit in terms of how you approach a problem where you're not necessarily the one having to fix the problem or come up with all the solutions, but rather you could engage and collaborate with the people on your teams who may actually come up with much better ideas than you do. So the second biggest change I've noticed in the last 20 years is leadership is now much more focused on the notion of innovation. This has a couple of impacts. One, it's a result of the collaborative piece that I I talked about earlier, because the more collaborative we are, the more innovative we can be because we have more brains sitting at the table coming up with ideas on how to solve problems. The other piece of innovation is the fact that we have technology now that we didn't have 20 years ago. You know, when you think back, I know that people who uh, were born in the 2000s really have a hard time figuring out or picturing what the world was like before the internet. I'm half a century old this year, so I'm very well versed in the notion that we didn't have the internet when I grew up. We didn't look up things on Google when I was 14. We went to the library and opened up uh, an encyclopedia when we wanted to learn about something. So it's a little bit different. But what's really great is that technology has really enabled innovation as well because we have much more power at our fingertips than we did 20 years ago. When you're really innovative, it inherently affects your efficiency and effectiveness levels because if you can be innovative and come up with new fantastic ways of doing things, then you can obviously increase your effectiveness or your efficiencies even and save money because you're looking at new and more improved ways of doing business. 
business. Being innovative and being collaborative kind of go hand in hand. It increases engagement because the staff feel like they have a say or that they're participating in the brainstorming for a company or for an organization and really can get behind the vision that you're creating as a leader because you're being innovative in your thinking. The other piece to innovation is it helps companies really focus on their niche or how they differentiate themselves from the competition. So if you just look at the world of applications for your phone, for example, you know how different YouTube is versus Instagram versus TikTok versus Discord. They all have their niche and they're all differentiated. You know, think back to the innovative times of about 10 or 15 years ago when somebody said, hey, what if we had a, a, a format or a platform where we could share videos online and we wouldn't have to be like a big TV producer, but yet it could be just some normal schmo going out with their cameras and then uploading videos onto this platform to share their experiences or their information with people. And we can call it YouTube. I mean, that's an innovative thought. And here we are many years later, decades later, you know, posting videos like this online. So again, being innovative allows companies and organizations to really find their niche or differentiate themselves from others. The third big change I've noticed is that workers of today want meaning behind the work they're doing. You know, when I, again, when I first started working, it really wasn't about meaning. It was, here's your job, here are your roles, here are your tasks, get them done and we'll be happy and you'll get paid at the end of the two weeks or at the end of the week. And you can do whatever the heck you want on the weekends for fun, right? Times have changed. We now invest ourselves in our careers. We want meaning in the work we're doing. If we're going to spend seven, eight, 12 hours in a day at our workplace, we want it to have some sort of meaning behind it. We want to feel like what we're doing matters. And I think that's really important because as we lead going forward in the future, especially for us old school folks that maybe were more task oriented versus people oriented when we were being brought up into the leadership roles, it's really important that we shift our mindset around how we engage people and really provide meaning. And how do you do that? Well, you do that through inspiring a shared vision. You work with people to co-create your vision and your mission and your objectives and your strategic plans and really get people on board and excited about the work that you're doing. Disney got this in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. He understood that when people had meaning in the work that they did and felt valued, that they not only were more loyal, but they produced in a way that was amazingly innovative, amazingly thoughtful, and very uh, effective. People want to feel ownership of the work that they're doing, and people feel ownership over their careers now. If you want folks to feel more fulfilled in their work as a leader, it will be your role to ensure that you co-create or develop, propose a shared vision with your team, with your organization, making sure that it fits into the greater strategy of the company. I will be developing a course on this in the coming weeks and I'll be uh, stay tuned for that because there'll be some more information to come out on that shortly but that's something that you know really as a new leader especially if you want to really have an impact in your first 30 60 90 days coming up with a shared vision that people can kind of get behind so that people have meaning to the work that they're doing you're going to be very successful in your role so the fourth major change is one unfortunately that was kind of pushed on us and that's the notion of covid and it really forced all of us to learn how to to work remotely or virtually in a fairly rapid manner, like literally in the space of a day or two or even a few weeks, everyone was sort of forced home to figure out how to keep the businesses running 
virtually. Fortunately, we have technology that enabled this to occur in a fairly rapid and I would even say effective manner. That said, though, a lot of old school leaders who previous to COVID were really against teleworking or really against virtual arrangements suddenly found themselves having to manage in this new environment. And that was a huge learning curve for many people. I had colleagues of mine who were very old school in their thinking who really struggled with the virtual environment. They liked having an office environment where they could walk around and they could, you know, drive by task things to people and they could check in to see if people were showing up to work and they could see what they were doing on their computers. They could maybe micromanage them a little bit. Old school leadership, right? Now we're being forced to go to this virtual model where you have to learn to trust your staff. You have to look for performance and results versus FaceTime. Big shift, big dynamic here. But what I found was, is even in my colleagues, a lot of people started to recognize the fact that, hey, you know what? When we don't micromanage people, they're happier. When we trust them, they produce and they are just as effective, if not more so than they were in the office. Now, that said, there's a group of people out there who don't do well with virtual for a variety of reasons, whether it is that they really do need the oversight uh, because the work ethic isn't there. Or maybe it's simply that they like to be in the office because it gives them that space that they can go to where they can focus and not be distracted by things at home. Like some people just do better in an office environment. That's just, we are different people. Humans are different. However, the fact that we all had to go to virtual really forced all leaders really to rethink how we oversaw projects, how we managed people virtually. It really required us to think outside the box to be innovative and collaborative. Again, going back to those first two points, thankfully, we had started doing that prior to COVID. So we were kind of in a good position to start doing this virtual stuff. But really, for good or bad reasons, we now have a new paradigm that we have to work in. And working virtually, I think, is going to become part of the norm in some organizations. There will be new sort of hybrid models where some people work virtually and some people don't. But I really think in the end, this was a good thing for us because it allowed us to really learn as leaders how to embrace the leadership challenge. It really forced us to embrace the notion of, you know, modeling the way in terms of how we behave, setting boundaries, for example, to, you know, enabling others by giving them the right tools, making sure the processes were refined during the pro- during the COVID response, to encouraging the heart and being positive with people online. When it comes to leading virtually, it's likely going to continue for years. And I think you're going to see more and more hybrid style environments emerging where companies start to land on who really needs to be in the office every day versus those who do not need to be there. And I think you're going to see some shifts in the dynamic around how we do this over the long term. Some takeaways for today, seek opportunities to engage your staff, really get their input on anything that's new, whether it's a new direction, a new policy, a new program, a new initiative. The other takeaway I would say is, um, you know, really look for ways to innovate the work that you do. Have conversations with people, ask people, what are we doing that we shouldn't be doing anymore? What are we doing that we could do better? What are we not doing that we should be doing? And how do we be more effective in the job that we're doing? So be innovative, be creative, think outside the box and engage people to give you those good ideas. So if your team is not clear on its purpose or vision, then your goal as a a leader is to really propose one and then co-create a new vision with your crew. You know, the idea here is to get your team to really rally behind the work that you're doing and to own the results. Because if you get people that own the results, 
you get greater performance, and ultimately your organization will be better for it. And if you yourself find yourself struggling as a leader uh, because of team dynamics or performance issues, and you're worried that maybe your leadership might be at the root of why things aren't going as smoothly as they should, I can help you. There are links down below for either a leadership assessment or to inquire on whether coaching is something you might want to consider. And if you just want to have a conversation to see, you know, brainstorm ideas around what may be the issue, I have a link down below for that as well. Thanks again for being here this week at On The Level Leadership. I really do appreciate you being here. I am here weekly going over leadership and or career tidbits of advice. And so if you are interested in this kind of content, make sure that you subscribe or follow this podcast because I'm here every week. It's been great being here. Stay safe, folks. Until next week.